everybody, it's Danny. I want to say thank you for tuning in to the Heartway Podcast. And I want to give a special thanks to those of you who are tuning in from really all over the world. We're so grateful that you are a part of our community and that you listen in on an ongoing basis. If you've been encouraged by what you've heard, I want to ask you to share this with a friend. You never know the impact that one of these messages can have in another person's life. And if you yourself have been impacted and you'd like to continue to partner with us to keep this work going, check us out at heartwaychurch.com slash give. Every dollar that you give goes a really long way towards helping us do what it is that we do. Well, we love you. Really hope you enjoy the podcast. Good morning, good morning, good morning, everybody. Happy Sunday. Everybody came out because y'all know we got something special going on today. If it's your first time, welcome to Heartway. My name's Danny. I have the great privilege and honor of uh, leading this community. We started Heartway almost about eight years ago in my parents' living room with a group of like eight of us. And now we have expanded tremendously over the course of all these years. And we have also evolved in many ways. Um, Heartway exists to be a safe space for people who are exploring their spirituality beyond the confines of uh, religion. And we love religion. We respect religion. But we also recognize that if you're religious but you're not spiritual, what's the point? What really counts is who you are on the inside. What really counts is where your heart is. Hence the name, hello. So one of the things that I like to say, <laughs> so one of the things I like to say is that here at Heartway, we, we do seek to walk fully in the path of Christ while also acknowledging the beauty and the legitimacy and the power in all of the other paths that God provides humanity. And so in light of that, oftentimes I've invited guests from a variety of different religious traditions and spiritual backgrounds to join us here at Heartway. And Heartway is a fun mix of people. You know, we have our our folks who come from strong Christian backgrounds and still very much affiliate with that. We also have our yogis who come and hang out with us. We also have some of our Jewish friends that come and hang out with us. We, you know, we also... We also have people that are just spiritual but not very religious at all. And so we're this beautiful mixed crew of folks that are all coming together in love, in harmony, in unity, in peace. And what binds us together is our common love and passion for practical spirituality. Because we talk about universal values, universal principles, universal truths here at Heartway that transcend all of our uh, distinct tribes and groups that we may affiliate with. So if you are here, I hope that you find your home with us, a home for your heart here at Heartway. And I hope that you also get a lot out of this conversation that we're going to have today. Today is a first. We have a Buddhist monk joining us. Kind of cool. So would you guys please give it up for Bonte as he comes up and joins us. Yes. Give me a hug first, man. 
This is like the fifth hug we've had this morning. Right? <laughs> What's up, brother? Very good. Welcome. Thank you. <laughs> what are your first impressions of Hartway? I feel my emotions are really stuck right now. After you talk, I felt you guys are very Buddhist. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That's how I teaching too. When I li was listening to you, I felt, oh my God, this is exactly like my temple in Chicago. Wow, yeah, I love that. Exactly. We are so loud like this. <laughs> That's so beautiful. Yeah, thank you. I, I would love for you to just begin by telling us about your story. Like, how did you become a monk? Because okay, I don't meet monks every day. Oh, good. <laughs> and secretly, can I tell you all a secret? Like, I kind of wish I was a monk. Right, right. You know? So, you look like a monk. Thank you, man. <laughs> <laughs> so please tell you us. You just need a robe. Yeah, man. <laughs> can you get me one? Yeah, I can. Perfect. But Perfect. Be careful what you ask. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I was born and raised in Sri Lanka. So my parents born Buddhist. They always go to the temple. Therefore, I had the opportunity to go to the Sunday school. So when I was in the Sunday school, I'm a very active person. I was maybe eight, nine years old. One day, my teacher asked me, my master who ordained me, he asked me, do you want to become a monk? In a Buddhist country, when monks say something, we never say no to him. Just being respectful, I said, yes, I do. <laughs> Look what happened. So then I went home, I talked to my mother and said, Mom, I promised to become a monk. Then she was looking at me, do you know what it is? I said, I don't know, <laughs> but sounds good. So then my father in all, they were thinking I'm joking, but I'm not, I'm so serious. You know children, when they need something, they're really asking. So I was fighting and asking, my father was so mad because I'm the only son in the family, I have an older sister. Eastern cultures, when we have only son, they are very attached to him because he's the one taking the father's name, continue. So then anyway, I was fighting, finally my father got so mad and took me to the temple and asked me to stay there, don't come home. So he was thinking same evening, I will return home. My teacher promised to my father, don't worry, I will send him home. I remember my first evening at the temple, my teacher asked me to go home. There is no food at night, no dinner. So usually temples, they don't have dinner. So then I said, no, I'm not going home. I'm here to become a monk. Please monk me. <laughs> So, we need that on a shirt, dude. Right, right. <laughs> Please monk me. Please monk me. And so then I was at the temple three months. Finally, my parents, uh, they decided that he never returned home. So I turned into 11 at the temple. So finally, they decided to ordain me. So age 11, I became a Buddhist monk. Wow. Now 40 plus years, I'm monking around. <laughs> Sometimes, you know, people are so concerned, you know, why I decide to become a Buddhist monk at such a young age. Answer, I don't know. I don't know. It is my calling. Anyway, after I become a monk, I was thinking I'm going to have lots of fun. It is not at all. That's why I said, don't ask, you know, 
become a monk, you don't know what is coming. <coughs> so right after I become a monk, uh, so my teacher said, you have to get ready for your training. My training was 10 years. I call, I used to live in a boot camp 10 years. It is vigorous, difficult, challenging, structured training. Every morning I had to wake up four in the morning, doesn't matter my oh, age. Forget it. Do not and sign so, me up. Right, I'm done. Exactly. Four Never. in the morning. Then go to bed nine thirty at night. Every day somebody is behind me and watching me what I'm doing. So my first seven years I didn't go home at all. My parents can visit me, they, even they are close by, they can come to the temple, but they cannot talk to me. Why is that? Because if they want to talk to me, they have to make an appointment with my teacher. So after they make an appointment with my teacher, I have to talk in a public place at the temple, less than 45 minutes. So they cannot give any gift to me, I cannot receive, I cannot give anything to them. So my teacher is doing everything for me. So after seven years later, he gave me a little freedom. And so then after 10 years later, I was graduated. Then I had a little bit more freedom. 21, I left the country. So I was in Australia five years. And now I'm here in the United States. Yeah. That's how I become a monk. I love it. I love it. <laughs> wow. Thank you. Thank you. Now, you have a temple. Mm -hmm. But... This temple used to be a church. Right. You got to tell us about this. Okay. So first I came to Detroit, 90s. And so after I come to Detroit, I was living with my own Sri Lankan Buddhist community at a small temple outside of Detroit. So after I serving five years at the temple, I was the head monk. I felt this is not the place for me. Even they are doing everything wonderful, but I felt that time I cannot speak English. I have my food, I have my culture, I have my language, everything is so comfortable. But I feel I'm so unhappy in this place. Why? I want to know if I live in this country, what is this country? How people are doing in this country? How they have their lifestyle? I was so concerned and curious about it. So anyway, monks are not paid. Okay, we are in the service to people. So then I was thinking, I want to make the decision. Anyway, I'm a very stubborn monk. Okay? So I announced to people, I'm very sorry. Within next three weeks, I'm leaving this place. You have to look for other options. Then they asked me, why? I said, you guys treat me so well. That's why I'm leaving. <laughs> so then I don't know where to go, what to do. There was a man like you, your age. He's a psychologist. He's um, coming to the temple for meditation. Using my broken language, I asked Richard, could you please help me to find a place to go? Then he said, I don't know how to help you, but I will draft you a letter. He did. Then he said, please send this letter to many different churches and organizations around the country. Can you believe 90s, we had the dial-up connection? Very slow. <laughs> Sitting in front of that computer, I keep forwarding this email to many different organizations around the country. I sent more than 50 emails. Finally, I got uh, two, no, before, after I sent those emails, now first two weeks, nothing, no responses. In the beginning, I was so excited. Now, after that experience, I never get excited in my life <laughs> because excitement creating unhappiness, disappointment in life. 
now I use, because it's a very cultural word here in this country, if I'm not excited, I'm very boring, right? <laughs> and so now I say, I'm so excited to come to Heartway, but mindfully. I'm mindfully excited. Is something going wrong? I can take care of myself. So anyway, finally I got two emails, one from Georgia, Atlanta, other one where I'm living now, Illinois, uh, outside of Chicago. It's called the Woodstock. You know, Woodstock is the place they did the Groundhog Day movie, you know? So that is, a, I'm right there, right? It's still those buildings are there. So then I'm driving 10 hours because I had the old car because it's get heat, I have to stop every hour. So then finally I hit the Illinois, all the farmlands, it's so boring. <laughs> now I go through all the farmlands, I got scared. Why? I felt there is no people in this country. <laughs> I am going to live by myself, middle of nowhere. And finally, I was so emotional and crying, fearful, unknown. Finally I end up at the church. Then there was a minister. He said, welcome to my church. I don't know how to treat a Buddhist monk. This is the first time I meet you. So then anyway, there is a family. They love to host you, keep you at their home. Then there was a man, his 40s. He asked me to join. Then he took me to home. He said, this is your room. Now I look around. Everything looked like pink color. Then I realized this is a little girl's room. <laughs> so, why they have two children? Then this man said, if you want to live with me, you have to handle two things. One is my wife. Second one, two, my two children. If you can live with them, you have a room. Now I'm so nervous. Why? <laughs> can you believe 40 plus years of being a monk, after I became a monk, I never stay overnight at my parents' house. Therefore, I don't know about the family life. Now, middle of nowhere, now I'm living with a family. So then I don't know what to do. I'm so nervous. This house is so loud because of those two children. <laughs> These two children wake up early in the morning and crying and fighting. Middle of the day, they are fighting. Late night, they are fighting. Then husband and wife, they come home after work. I can hear all the loud talks. Next 30 minutes, I can hear they are arguing and fighting. Then I realize this is the family life look like. Now in between these family dramas, now there is a Buddhist monk. <laughs> now I have a disorder. I cannot handle messy places. That's my training. When they leave the house in the morning, whole house is like a war zone. <laughs> All the dishes, towels, bathroom is crazy. I cannot stand. What I do, I love to cleaning. If you have a cleaning job, please call me. And so, <laughs> so anyway, I clean the whole house and organize it look like a Zen temple. <clears throat> then I cook for everybody. When they come home, everything is clean and organized, cooked meal, dinner is ready. Now wife loves me. <laughs> so finally I turn like a big boss in the family. So one day she asked me, why you don't do some babysitting for us? We had to go to a party. I'm the first and only Buddhist monk did the babysitting. <laughs> I'm so glad for that opportunity because of those two children, I learned how to speak English. Oh. They are my first English teachers. Oh. So finally, church called me and said, don't hide. Please come to our community. Teach us how to practice mindfulness. Oh. 
Then I said, I can teach, not in English. Then minister said, no, you can. You can. I will help you. Then I started my first meditation class 21 years ago at the church. Can you believe there were three people sitting in front of me and staring at me? I am so nervous. They are so curious. So, I just smiled. Then I lost my words. Then they smiled at me. Then I smiled again. Back and forth we smiled to each other like 10-15 minutes. Then I said, bye. Can you believe that's my first meditation practice 21 years ago? I call the smiling meditation. Can you believe those three people still sitting in front of me? They never left me. They never leave me. So, now time going by, I'm doing every Saturday morning. Now more people. Then second Saturday, I was sitting there. I was so nervous. Then I talked to minister before that. I said, Dan, I cannot do this. I'm very sorry. He's a six foot tall guy. I was in his office. He grabbed my arm like this, pushed me to his office chair, and he said, sit down. <laughs> 96 years old, he passed away during the COVID. And so he said, I see some light in you. I really want to help you. Listen to me. This country we call land of opportunities. I can see beautiful opportunities are there for you. Please listen to my word. Try one more time, then give up. I said, okay. Second Saturday, I was sitting there. I'm so nervous. I was praying myself, please, people, don't show up. Please, people, don't show up. Can you believe my prayer didn't work? I opened my eyes. Oh, my God, same three people are sitting in front of me. Then I was thinking something wrong with these people. So anyway, second day, I said something. Now they are very happy. Now I said few words. Whatever I said, they like it. Now they are coming every Saturday morning. Then church admitted another class Monday night. Can you believe I was teaching nine years at the church, living with that family. Nine years later, this is the story about the church. They announced we are going to sell the property. It is 120 years old, historical building. According to the history of this country, it is historical. But our country is not, right? <laughs> and so, then they offered me, why you don't purchase the church? I said, I'm a monk. <laughs> How come I'm going to buy a church? I don't have money. Then uh, all the American people, one lady came to me and whispering to me, do you want to stay here? I said, sure, why not? Let's do it. I'm going to donate 100,000. Then all the people donated lovingly. Within three weeks, all the money I made. Can you believe? Then I got the church. Now I'm a Buddhist monk, I have a church. <laughs> so right after I get the building, it is a historical building, lots of memories people have. They were thinking, I take everything down, make it to the Buddhist temple. Then I was thinking to myself, last nine years, I used to live with Jesus. I didn't have any issue. If I change this building, more than the Jesus, I am disrespecting to the Buddha and his teachings. Therefore, I don't want to do that. Now, we call the Blue Lotus Buddhist temple, look like a church. When you walk into our sanctuary, our meditation room, big dome, 
you can see 14 feet tall Jesus. <laughs> Other side, 9 feet tall Buddha. In front of me, when I'm sitting on my cushion, I can see Mother Mary. All the three spiritual figures are there. Now we have 386 meditation classes per year. People can meditate with Buddha, Jesus, Mother Mary. So when he was talking about the religions, I am totally agree with him. Thank you so much for telling that. So that's how I own the church. Therefore, I'm not encouraging religion. If you have one, please respect it. But we have to be more spiritual. Yeah. That is so cool, man. Thank you. Thank I have you. to go visit. Yeah, please come anytime. If you come to Chicago, please visit me. Wow. Yeah. So. Okay, so tell us about Buddhism a little bit. For those, you know, we're a blank slate in here. We know nothing. Okay, okay. Actually, I don't like Buddhism. <laughs> I'm very sorry to say that. But I use that word. I don't like any ism. I'm not hating them. That's not my life. Why? Ism creating problems in the world. Ism creating in the world. There are so many ism. Buddhism, Judaism, other isms too. So, why I say I am not interested about the religions? I believe if you are really following the root and the depth of the religion, we all have to come together. Now I can see this modern world, because of the religion, people are separating from each other. I can see some people are killing each other, name of the same God. So now I'm always thinking to myself, why I need a religion? Therefore, I'm not Buddhist. Sometimes people asking me, are you a Buddhist monk? Sometimes I answer, I have funny answers always. I said, no, I'm not a Buddhist monk. Then who are you? I'm a Buddhist monk. I'm, then what do you practice? I'm not practicing Buddhism, I'm practicing Buddhism. Why? As the meditation practitioners, we are taking care of our breath, which means our life. So therefore, I don't want to get into any ism. Now, 2600 years later, after the Buddha's death, we have Buddhism. Who made the Buddhism? Buddha didn't make it. People made the Buddhism. Buddha is not Buddhist. So people made that Buddhist and Buddhism. So therefore, I always talking about the Buddha's teachings. That's the word I love. Buddha is a human being like you and myself, born in Northeast India. And he was telling the truth of the life. So, now think about, there are so many different Buddhism in the world right now. Now we, I am from Sri Lanka, we call, I am practicing Sri Lankan Buddhism. That's what Sri Lankan people say. I'm a Sri Lankan Buddhist. China, Chinese Buddhism, Chinese Buddhist. Japan, Japanese Buddhism, Japanese Buddhist. I don't like that. I don't like that. Buddha didn't talk about the ism at all. So I feel Buddha's teaching like water. Water doesn't have any shape. Now we have bottle of water. <laughs> then we have cup of water. So liquid, how do we measure liquid? From the container. So now think about 
somebody come to me asking teaching you know i'm the buddha for example then you are holding the bottle i am pouring the teaching into the bottle then you go to your country then you think buddha's teaching look like this bottle then other group of people go with the mug they think teaching is look like mug now they are so worrying about the container more than the content <laughs> now is <laughs> thank you if somebody little touch or push the container they get mad why that container is mine so therefore what i really want to do i want to destroy the container so after i drink this water what we do recycle that's the respectful place we can put the you know the bottle so now i want to do something different after i drink all the water bottles i can say i love my bottles i want to collect them i want to make a museum after i die name of my family name do you want that that's what happened to the ism people are fighting for the ism so therefore don't follow the any ism don't follow the buddhism so i am asking follow the teaching of the buddha so basic teaching of the buddha jesus all other religions i can see it is all same right so i can see all the religious leaders all the spiritual leaders holding hand and walk one direction because of the basic teaching is same we can go one direction after we go to the this is my way of understanding after we go to the end most of the people giving all the power to the outside what buddha did buddha make a big u turn <laughs> that's what i think so everybody said we can pray we can ask so buddha said no if you really want to find the peace you have to go opposite direction go within so that's why i call buddha is the one made the big u turn when we are making the u turn is it fun yeah so it's difficult so then when you are going opposite direction how people think about you people that's right people think you are crazy so when people say you are crazy can you handle that if you can handle that you are the buddha then so that is the teaching of the buddha buddha's teaching always going inward not outward i call the introspection so inner journey so then buddha was teaching about four noble truth and eightfold path four noble truth is the life matters the eightfold path is the answer for that so i don't want to go long uh, explanation is lot to explain about that all the teaching of the buddha okay that's wonderful i feel like what you're doing within your container of buddhism is what i'm doing in my container of christianity yeah, exactly. i mean how much of what he said sounds familiar to those of you who come on a regular basis. That's why I love this community. I love it. Yeah. And I think that's the ultimate end goal and aim is if every person who is deeply embedded in their own religious identity and tradition can find these deeper waters right. of commonality with mm -hmm. others, mm -hmm. now we're coming together in unity and harmony and peace. Exactly. If we can live like this all together, all the faith, all the religious leaders come together respecting their own religion if they are really believing it how wonderful that mm. then do you think there is a conflict after that no mm. so that's what i am really believing so therefore my temple most of the religious places they are open to sunday morning service right but we are closed 
completely shut down the temple Sunday morning. Why is that? More 100% of people who come to my temple, they go to church. Therefore, I want to support that. Most of my Sunday morning, I'm at the church too. Because they are inviting me to the church services. Therefore, I go there. So Saturday morning, we do all our services. So that means our service means meditation classes, meditation practice, mindfulness. Yeah. That's encouraging for me to hear that you get invited to other churches. So that means there's an openness. Right. Are you witnessing a lot of that? Yes, because in the beginning of my journey, because I'm the middle of the downtown Woodstock, then there are six churches around me. Okay, I'm the middle. So in the first year, it was threatening to them. They had the fear for unknown. Then they were upset. They were mad. They were protesting against me. Because they, you know, sometime, you know, uh, Chicago Tribune newspaper coming and doing the articles and about me, they are excited. It's a good news for them. And so then my, about the temple, what I do in that community is a very strong white community. And it's really crazy. And then they were threatening me. They sent me the notes, you know. They sent the, uh, all the paper cutting to the church, you know, highlight my name and said, Please kill him. And so then they put all the you know, threatening notes on my car wipers. And lots of things happened. However, I was thinking, sooner or later, I'm going to die. So, which is okay. I'm going to accept that. I'm not leaving. I'm not escaping. I'm going to stay here. If they kill me, okay, I'm ready. Right? Wow. So, I handled that. I accepted that. You know, people were so scared. But I said, don't worry about it. Loving kindness will win. Yes. Right? Now, 21 years later, now all the churches, all other religious places, they cannot survive without me. <laughs> Why? When we are doing Thanksgiving events, everything happening at the temple. All the religious leaders come together. How beautiful that. Wow. Thank you. Incredible, Thank my you. friend. <laughs> so cool. So you call yourself the loving kindness monk. Mm -hmm. You're here to spread love. Share yeah. a little bit about that message. Yeah. Actually, when I was uh, maybe 12, 13 years old, I used to be an angry little monk. <laughs> Can you believe angry little monk? Now people call me Bhante Sujata, the loving kindness monk. Being angry little monk, think about that big transformation. Now I'm a loving kindness monk. I'm so humble to say it. So, <clears throat> when I was in the school, I'm a troublemaker. I got lots of punishments, right? My teachers, they don't like me because I'm very straightforward. I say things, I'm fighting with even principle, right? And so, I cannot handle injustice. I stand for other, children, other students. Other, if I see injustice, I'm the one standing up and talking about it. So, therefore, because of my outgoing nature, they hate me. So now I can see same time, that age, I'm a really mad person, I'm ready to fight. So therefore, I don't have friends. Then I felt so sad, I felt I'm by myself most of the time. I was studying Sanskrit, that's my expertise, because that's my degree, Sanskrit. So one day when I was reading a Sanskrit book, I saw the qualities of the person who is training to become a Buddha. So some qualities of him, when I'm reading that book, it says, if somebody wants to cross, I'm going to be the bridge. 
if somebody want to be the light, have a light, I'm going to be the lamp. If somebody want to sleep, I'm going to be the bed. That is the qualities of the person who is training to become a Buddha. Then I was thinking, this is not doable. <laughs> I was thinking to myself, because I'm 13, 14 years old. Then I was thinking, I want to try. Then that day, I start to try to practice that little by little. Then I felt I'm changing myself. So then I start to practice loving kindness. So loving kindness is a wonderful quality. But I don't like the word love. Sorry. <laughs> I don't like the word love. I love the word loving kindness. Right? This is the way I feel. After I come to this country, I learn English. When I'm lis you know, listening to people, people say, I love my mom. I love my dad. I love my girlfriend. I love my boyfriend. I love chocolate cake. <laughs> I love ice cream. Then I'm questioning, what? <laughs> I love my mom. Mom is one thing and ice cream is the same. No, because in Eastern languages, when I say, Mom, I love you, there's a one word, then mother feels it, what I meant. So then later I realized when people use the word love, I had to be careful. That means most of the time when people use that word, I love you, that means I like you. I love ice cream means I like ice cream. So therefore I feel that word is so dangerous. So after this service, when you go out, somebody come to you and say, I love you, be careful. <laughs> Why is that? One day that love will change. I think love, according to the Buddha's teaching, another word for attachment. So then Buddha said, true love is letting go. So when you're letting go, it doesn't mean we are kicking out our children and wife and husband, everybody from home. It's not. Letting go means whatever emotional attachment we have, let it go, but still we can enjoy time with them. I let go my mother, now still I enjoy time with my mother, but one day I know my mother will die. So I prepared for that. So therefore, love is another word for human emotions. That's a weak human emotion. So that's why I use the word loving kindness is a quality. Love is a human emotion. Loving compassion is the quality. Loving acceptance is the quality. Loving letting go is the quality. In the Buddhist teaching, we use the double word. Loving kindness, loving compassion, loving acceptance. Otherwise, love always stay in the emotional level. So now think about when you have a loving emotion in the beginning, now think about when you get into a relationship. That, what is that? Loving emotion is there. So when we have a loving emotion, next to that, we have excitement. Now think about after three years being in a relationship, or married, or whatever, do you have excitement? Sometimes, right? Most of the people, mm, no. Right? After excitement, walk away, gone away. If you have still true love toward that person, that means your love is very strong. Otherwise, don't feel about the excitement. Now people call me all the time, Bante, I love you. <laughs> then I said, me too. That's the only way I answer sometimes to people. When people say, I love you, I said, me too. 
because I want to take care of myself. Therefore, true loving kindness is taking care of yourself, your physical body, your mind. So I am always asking, if you want to be a wonderful, strong, spiritual human being, don't listen to my words, listen to my heart, okay? I'm always asking, be selfish. Your spiritual journey, be selfish. Why is that? When I come to my spiritual practice, my loving kindness practice, even my mother is a number two. That means if I really want to help my mother, first I have to take care of myself. Put your oxygen mask first before you assist other people. Do you believe in that? Yes. That is true love. That's how I explain loving kindness. Oh, that's so good. Thank you. Wow. Thank you. <laughs> Now talk to us a little bit about meditation. Okay. So meditation also one of the popular words here in this country. <laughs> Why is that? That much people are physically, emotionally, they are exhausted. Now when people are exhausted, they are looking for alternatives. Now think about we are physically exhausted. Some people doing more negative things. Drinking, drugs, and all those things. Some people are doing, going that direction, also get tired and exhausted. Then they are looking for other alternatives. Maybe I have to be spiritual, I have to be holistic. Then you go home and Google. Then you can for yoga, meditation, spiritual practice. Then people come to meditation. That's why meditation, mindfulness, holistic life is very expensive here in this country. Why? That much people are exhausted, therefore there is a demand now for the meditation. Be careful, don't get into that ditch. So, I use the word, you know, in the Eastern countries, in Sanskrit, we use the word for meditation. Maybe you heard that word, Bhavana, B-H-A, Bhavana. English-speaking countries, they translated this word Bhavana as meditation. It is totally wrong. Bhavana is not meditation, it is called cultivation, developing the mind, mental culture. Let's use the meditation word now as a popular word. As a meditation practice, what we have to do? We have to cultivate loving kindness, compassion, mindfulness, acceptance, letting go, patience. After you meditate, those are the qualities you have to have in your life. Otherwise, 50 years of practicing meditation, if you are still annoying person, <laughs> what is the purpose of the meditation? I can see some annoying monks too. <laughs> I, and also I am seeing some annoying priests also. Yeah. So, so many, it doesn't matter, we all are human beings. So real meditation is developing or cultivating your mind. So therefore, there are two ways to do meditation. One is what I talk about, practicing self-love. I am well, I am happy, I am peaceful. I am well, I am happy, I am peaceful. Repeat this word all the time. Go ahead. I am well, I am happy, pe I am peaceful. I am well, I am happy, I am peaceful. One lady came to me, Bhante, I repeated those three words more than thousand times. Still I get angry, no? <laughs> I said, fake it until you make it. <laughs> Why? When I was a young monk, because I'm an angry little monk, I got a punishment. So what I do, I had to chant loving kindness mantra, like a one hour sitting in front of the public place at the temple, 
that is the punishment I got because I had the real fight with my brother monk. So now I am punished, I am chanting, I am well, I am happy, I am peaceful, may all living beings be well, happy and peaceful. I am cheating because my teacher is watching, right? So then I can see my brother monk, he's walking by, he's so happy, why? I am punished. Then I say, I am well, I am happy, I am peaceful. May all living beings be well, happy and peaceful. I hate you, I am well, I am happy, I am peaceful. Can you believe that's how I practice loving kindness meditation? So therefore, in the beginning, it is very difficult. Just fake it. One day you will understand. The second part of the meditation practice, practicing mindfulness. I, use, I try to use the word introspection. That means our awareness going inward. When we are practicing, I can give a long talk. I try to summarize it. Summarize it. So when we are practicing mindfulness, there are three things we have to focus on. First one, paying attention. To what? Your breath. Your breath. What else? Heart. Mind. Thoughts. Feelings. How about this? Paying attention to your senses. Now think about your senses are not working at all. What we call? Dead. dead. Thank you. Our senses are not working. That means our dead. No problem, right? Right? Now think about our senses are working now. All the problems come to us because of our senses. We see things, we react. We hear things, we react. How we react? Like and dislike. If you like means you want to hold it. If you dislike means you are angry, you want to push it out. That is the issue. Always we go to this extreme or always that go to that extreme. So person who is practicing mindfulness, he try or she is trying to maintain their life in the middle, not going to extreme. Paying attention to your senses. What you are doing with your senses, you are exciting your senses or you are abusing your senses. One time I was driving in Chicago, I saw a billboard, I love to read the billboards. It says, excite your senses. Big billboard. Then I just saw it. I don't know what about it. Then I was excited about it. <laughs> then what I did, I was driving east. I took the exit. I was driving west again. I really want to read this billboard again. Why? That much I'm excited about it. Then I turned. I was reading that bill billboard. It is a food commercial. What they want to do? They want to make you excited to eat and sell their stuff. Therefore, mindful excitement is very important. Otherwise, we all are get into the trouble because of our senses. The second one, when we are practicing mindfulness, live in the present moment. What is that? Don't worry about the past. Don't worry about the future. Do it now. Anybody can do it? I cannot. So why we say that then? So let me to explain. When people say, don't worry about the past, people have lots of regrets. Then they are trying to delete their regrets. Good luck. You cannot delete your past regrets. It is there. But you can do, you can learn the lesson from the past experiences, bring that lesson to the present moment, make your life better now. Otherwise, always people are worrying about the past. When I was, at, like two months ago, I was in New Zealand. People, my students, take me to a hike. Then I can see the bottom of the volcanic mountain. It says, this mountain is not active. It means we can hike. 
After I go to the top, I saw the burned lava, burned rock, sand. That means all the ruins are there. That means there was a volcanic mountain. But they already claim it is not active anymore. So can you confirm your life? My past regret is not active anymore, but memories are there, but it is not active. You are not hating them anymore. Why? Already you learned the lesson. Then people say, <clears throat> don't worry about the future. Are you? Little bit? I know you all are concerned about the future. <laughs> when I'm turning to 50, somebody asked me, oh, Bhante, now you are all monk. <laughs> of course, I was accepting that. I said, yes, I am getting old. And I remember you came here very young. You have a black beard. Everything was black. Now I have gray, you can see. Now you are all monk. You know, my students are joking to me all the time. And so then he asked me, after you become all, all, all monk, what you are going to do? Then I said, I don't know, I don't have time to answer, my 50th birthday. I went home that evening, I couldn't sleep. Why? I'm worrying about my future, whatever he asked, what I'm going to do now, when I'm 80 years old? Then I was thinking, I'm going to Sri Lanka. Then I thought, no, it doesn't work. I'm too old, no connection. Then I was thinking, I'm going to stay here. Then if I stay here, what will happen? Maybe somebody put me to the assistant living. <laughs> now I'm making the mental story, right? So then who is pushing my wheelchair? Who is changing my diapers? I'm so worrying, concerned about it. Then my whole night I was ruined. Then end of the morning, I realized, number one, I'm crazy. <laughs> number two, way I understand about the future or the future plan is totally wrong. So what I'm doing now, I totally get it now. I'm working hard for my future. Not one plan, not two plan, not three plan. I have maybe five, ten plans. But then I understand the teaching of the Buddha. All the future plans I'm making, it may happen, it may not happen. Whatever happened, I have few plans now. Whatever happened, I take that one, I will go and have fun. So therefore I'm asking people say, don't worry about the future. Worrying doesn't help, but you can plan for the future. So other thing I can see, people are using this present moment to be lazy. I have seen. So therefore, don't use this present moment to be lazy. One mother who come to the temple, she always telling me, Bhante, my son, 25 years old, living with me, I am feeding him. He always telling me, Mom, I have a good life. I am living in the present moment. Don't disturb me, okay? <laughs> then mother, she's 70 years old, retired. She needs some extra money. Can you believe she's working in, as a cashier in a grocery store? But this 25 years old young man coming to the temple and living at mother's house using all her resources and he's enjoying his present moment. Then mother came to me and said, Bhante, please help me. I really want to push him out from the house. Then I said, I will try. <laughs> then he came to the temple. Then mother left to the bathroom. So then I asked, hey, how are you doing? Oh, Bhante, I have wonderful life. I am living in the present moment. <laughs> then I said, to do your present moment, what kind of work you, what do you do? Nothing. My mother feed me. I have a room to, so then I have everything. I am living in the present moment. Then that's me. Even people call me, I'm Bhante Sujata, loving kindness monk. I'm a cobra. 
I know how to hiss. <laughs> but I don't bite. Okay? Hiss, don't bite. So then I was thinking, this is my time to hiss. <laughs> I said, I looking at him, I said, to maintain your stupid present moment, your 70 years old mother has to work every day more than eight hours at the grocery store. Are you a kind person? What kind of meditation practitioners? What kind of meditation practice are you doing? I said, if you behave like this, don't come to the temple. I don't want to give cushion or seat for you. Then I get up and walk away. <laughs> okay? So then I left. Then after a week later, mother called me. Bhante, thank you so much. <laughs> Perfectly work. Now he's looking for a job. Now he's working. He's married. Now he's doing his PhD. Very good. So therefore, loving kindness is not foolishness. Therefore, learn how to hiss. <laughs> so that is called the mindfulness practice. Oh my gosh, so good. Thank you, thank you. Bonte, we could be here for a long time. Right, right. But maybe you can come back one day. Oh, definitely. We would love to have I'm you. I'm going to live here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Give me a room. <laughs> Thank you, thank you. Thank Bonte, you. thank you for your time, thank you, thank for your you, love, you, for your energy. You, you. We appreciate you. Wasn't that thank awesome? You. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Outside, you can meet Bonte, interact with him. He has all of his merch and some books out there as well. And uh, hope to see you guys next weekend. Can I say a few, you uh, one oh, word yeah, yeah, about oh, sure, that? Sure, sure. So I am doing a project last 24 years helping pregnant mothers. One time I was in a hospital doing the pregnant mother blessing in my country. I felt so sad because they don't have comfort like here. Then I asked doctor, is there anything I can do to help these women? Then doctor said, no, they are fine. If you can help us, please donate us an incubator. I asked, what is that? I don't know what is incubator that time. He showed me very old rustic machine. I called the toaster oven. That's my word. So can you believe now 24 years, more than 24 incubators I donated uh, to the different hospital. Then after I doing that project, I was listening and talking to those pregnant women. I felt deeply connected to them. As a man, I don't know about that much about the women's stuff. Now I know more than them. And so they have lots of emotional things. So then I started another project, teaching them how to practice loving kindness with the belly the baby. Now can you believe 300 pregnant mothers every year sit in front of me and practicing loving kindness with the belly. Yeah. So why is that? When women going wrong, world is going wrong. If women are doing good, babies are doing good, then she will giving a wonderful little Buddha to the world. Now when children come to me and talk about their problems, I can see most of the problem coming from the parents. If parents are doing good, the babies are doing good. So therefore, my, I believe changing one generation. So therefore, all the merch I have helping, I'm going for my 25th year helping mothers and the babies. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Very good. And one last reminder for everybody too, our Feed a Family campaign. We're almost at our goal of helping 35 families. So please donate heartwaychurch.com and select Feed a Family. All right, love you guys. Have a great one. Thank you for being here.